0: That means it's time for our weekly check-in with Washington correspondent for Global News, Reggie Cicchini. Reggie, good morning to you. Good morning. We have some breaking news and some sad news about the passing of Sandra Day O'Connor.
1: Yeah, this news, uh, just within the last 15 minutes or so, uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, the first woman to ever sit uh, on the U.S. Supreme Court, nominated by uh, former President Ronald Reagan, died today at the age uh, of 93 after a bout with dementia. Uh, this is, it's it's a big moment in, in American history because not only was she the first woman to sit on the court that was a kind of leaning conservative court at the time, and although she was conservative, she kind of was seen as an ideological center uh, and, and was was pivotal in some of the biggest rulings um you know during her tenure on the court including upholding uh roe v wade uh when there was a case of planned parenthood versus uh uh, casey um it it was it was a decision by sandra day o'connor that allowed roe v wade to continue to be the law of the land for decades so this is a huge loss not only for kind of the court itself but uh but for the country
0: and just looking back as well, and you mentioned that big case and her involvement and some of her accomplishments as well, and, and really known for uh, researched opinions and well-thought-out opinions,
1: it really is a big loss. It, it is. And and even when there were opinions that she didn't fully agree with when she was writing, um, you know, doing her write-ups, she would oftentimes write very, very short and simple statements to try and get a point across. Uh, she was somebody who, who, who was said to have tried to build consensus. You know, almost as if she were a politician trying to ensure that everybody was kind of on board and moving in, in one direction. You know, she she was a, a trailblazer at the end of the day, the first woman. There have been, you know, just a handful of women on the court since Sandra Day O'Connor first sat. But she is the one who opened the door um, to allow this to be a more diverse uh, and inclusive bench in America. And this is going to be a big loss for this country.
0: All right. And again, that news just breaking within the last 15 minutes uh, that Sandra Day O'Connor has has passed away at the age of 93. Well, Reggie, let's take a look at some other news headlines and uh, George Santos and a bit of an update when it comes to uh, his expulsion, what's happening there?
1: Yeah, look, so, so uh, until yesterday, um, it almost seemed like George Santos's time in uh, in Congress was, was running short. Uh, there were more Republicans coming out saying that, you know, between the Ethics Committee report that came out against him and the 23 federal charges that he was indicted on earlier this year linked to fraud, uh, that that was going to be enough for him. And Santos himself had already said, look, I'm not going to resign, but I'm not going to run for my seat again next year. Flip it to today where there are more Republicans coming out and saying, whoa, whoa, maybe we don't need to expel and kick out george santos because it creates a dangerous precedent he hasn't been convicted of anything but also the house speaker has come out to say that he will vote no on expulsion and it becomes a question of will it be a follow the leader situation here and will republicans keep somebody in congress who has garnered um significant negative attention to his own party
0: And we know this isn't the first attempt to to expel him. Can you remind us, though, I know there there were the, the revelations that he had fabricated parts of his biography, but what else has he been accused of?
1: Well, I mean, yeah. So he fabricated not only parts of his biography, you know, I- including his, his work history, but also his family history, including the fact saying that his mother died, um, you know, on nine eleven in New York City when she wasn't even in the country at that point. But beyond that, the, the charges that he faces uh, have to do with fraud and have to do with his 2022 run for the House, where he was essentially you know, living a lifestyle on the money that was being donated to his campaign and using it for Botox treatments and using it to 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 purchase subscriptions uh, on OnlyFans and using it for lavish purchases uh, for himself. Uh, and ultimately, you know, he was charged for, for the series of campaign finance violations. And beyond that, to take it out of the kind of uh, uh, criminal world and put it into the political world, it faced an ethics uh, uh, committee review and the ethics committee, which is bipartisan, came out with bipartisan criticism of george santos so the question here is will republicans risk expelling him and risk their own slim 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 majority which would you know allow them to only lose three votes or do they keep him and then potentially hand democrats some gold during the election next year and say look at what republicans are doing in the house
0: and do you think we'll have a definitive answer later today
1: we we should have an answer, possibly, Jill, within the next hour. The vote is expected to take place sometime in the next 15 minutes. You know, oftentimes these votes get 20 or 30 minutes with a bit of talking before and after. So sometime by noon D.C. time, we'll find out whether or not the expulsion happened. If George Santos is kicked out, it is effective immediately if it is, if he's if he survives this. Democrats will immediately start coming out and TV ads will hit the likely hit the screens within the next couple of days.
0: All right, we will be watching for that. And another story that we've been hearing on the, no- uh, the news uh, as well, and this has to do with the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, and some of his words uh, about uh, Israel.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, he, he was in Israel uh, uh, yesterday, this kind of fourth trip to the Middle East, the shuttle diplomacy continuing, meeting not only with Israeli leaders, but meeting with the leader of the Palestinian Authority as well. But there were some, some stronger words given to Israel on this trip. And it comes as the White House expresses concern here as this war wages on uh, and as more civilians die in Gaza. Uh, Secretary Blinken telling the Israelis, look, if your war starts again, which we obviously saw that that happened over the last few hours, it needs to be con- Conducted differently. You need to do something to protect civilians, especially if you move to the south, where you force civilians from the north to flee to. And this comes amid growing public pressure on Israel and the United States to do something to protect those civilians. And the question is if Israel doesn't change its game, does that force the United States to rethink its position on support? So, you know, these are consequential words that were given from the U.S. to Israel in the public spectrum.
0: Right. And I think that's important to mention, too, like you said, in the public spectrum, saying that uh, Israel could start losing that international support uh, if it doesn't change, uh, change its kind of tactic going forward. Do you think it's different, though, what's being said not in the public domain?
1: Well, I mean, look there. There are there are phone calls that happen between Washington uh, and the State Department and, and their counterparts in Israel that are off the record that we don't often get a, a deeper you know understanding of beyond a basic readout. And I'm sure that there are communications and conversations that are going back and forth. You know, I talked to some senior White House officials earlier this week, and they said that some of the calls were happening that we didn't know about. So there are likely um, you know words that are being spoken from the U.S. to, to Israel, um, of, of, you know possibly from experience of the United States saying, look. This is what happens when you put yourself into a war that you might not be able to get yourself out of. Please think of the future. But that flips to the public sphere where we've heard the White House say, look, we can focus on the war. We can focus on defense rights. But we also need to look at the day after this war and who's going to be in charge not only of governing Gaza, but of rebuilding Gaza. That's part of this conversation that's now spilling into the public that is also garnering the attention of governments around the world.
0: All right. Lots to keep track of today. Reggie, as always, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.